passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. When the hour came, Jesus took his place at table, and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have longed to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, because I tell you, I shall not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then, taking a cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and share it among you, because from now on I tell you, I shall not drink wine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took some bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which will be given for you. Do this as a memorial of me. He did the same with the cup after supper, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which will be poured out for you. And yet, here with me on the table is the hand of the man who betrays me. The Son of Man does indeed go to his fate, even as it has been decreed. But alas for that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to ask one another which of them it could be who was to do this thing. A dispute arose also between them about which should be reckoned the greatest. But he said to them, Among pagans it is the kings who lord it over them, and those who have authority over them are given the title benefactor. This must not happen with you. No, the greatest among you must behave as if he were the youngest, the leader as if he were the one who serves. For who is the greater, the one at table or the one who serves? The one at table, surely. Yet here I am among you as one who serves. You are the men who have stood by me faithfully in my trials. And now I, conf I confer a kingdom on you, just as my father conferred one on me. You will eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones to judge the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan, you must know, has got his wish to sift you all like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And once you have recovered, you in your turn must strengthen your brothers. He answered, Lord, I would be ready to go to prison with you and to death. Jesus replied, I tell you, Peter, by the time the cock crows today, you will have denied three times that you know me. He said to them, When I sent you on when when I sent you out without purse or haversack or sandals, were you short of anything? And they answered, No. He said to them, But now if you have a purse, take it. If you have a haversack, do the same. If you have no sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Because I tell you these words of scripture have to be fulfilled in me. 
He lets himself be taken for a criminal. Yes, what scripture says about me is even now reaching its fulfillment. And they said, Lord, there are two swords here now. He said to them, That is enough. He then left the upper room to make his way as usual to the Mount of Olives, with the disciples following. When they reached the place, he said to them, Pray not to be put to the test. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, let your will be done, not mine. And then an angel appeared to him, coming from heaven, to give him strength. In his anguish, he prayed even more earnestly, and his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. When he rose from prayer, he went to the disciples and found them sleeping for sheer grief. He said to them, While you were asleep, get up and pray not to be put to the test. He was still speaking when a number of men appeared, and at the head of them the man called Judas, one of the twelve, who went up to Jesus to kiss him. Jesus said, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? His followers, seeing what was happening, said, Lord, shall we use our swords? And one of them struck out at the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. But at this, Jesus spoke, Leave off, that will do. And touching the man's ear, he healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the chief priests and the captains of the temple guard and elders who had come for him. He said, Am I a brigand that you had to set out with swords and clubs? When I was among you in the temple, day after day, you never moved to lay hands on me. But this is your hour. This is the reign of darkness. They seized him then and led him away, and they took him to the high priest's house. Peter followed at a distance. They had lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard, and Peter sat down among them. And as he was sitting there by the blaze, a servant girl saw him, peered at him, and said, This person was with him too. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. Shortly afterwards, someone else saw him and said, You are another of them. But Peter replied, I am not my friend. About an hour later, another man insisted, saying, This fellow was certainly with him. Why? He is a Galilean. Peter said, My friend, I do not know what you are talking about. At that instant, while he was still speaking, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered what the Lord had said to him. Before the cock crows today, you will have disowned me three times. And he went outside and whipped bitterly. Meanwhile, the men who guarded Jesus were mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and questioned him, saying, Play the prophet who hit you then. 
and they continued heaping insults on him. When day broke, there was a meeting of the elders of the people, attended by the chief priests and scribes. He was brought before their council and said to them, If you are Christ, tell us. He replied, If I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I question you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Then they all said, So you are the Son of God then? He answered, It is you who say I am. They said, What need of witness have we now? We have heard it for ourselves from his own lips. The whole assembly then rose, and they brought him before Pilate. They began their accusation by saying, Found this man inciting our people to revolt, opposing payment of tribute to Caesar, and claiming to be Christ the King. <coughs> Pilate put him to this question. Are you the King of Jews? He replied, It is you who say it. Pilate then said to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no case against this man. But they persisted. He is inflaming the people with his teachings all over Judea. It has come all the way from Galilee, where he started down to here. When Pilate heard this, he asked if the men were Galilean. And finding that he came under Herod's jurisdiction, he passed him over to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Herod was delighted to see Jesus. He had heard about him and had been wanting for a long time to set his eyes on him. Moreover, he was hoping to see some miracle worked by him. So he questioned him at some length, but without getting any reply. Meanwhile, the chief priests and the scribes were there, violently pressing their accusations. Then Herod, together with his guard, treated him with contempt and made fun of him. They put a rich cloak on him and sent him back to Pilate. And though Herod and Pilate had been enemies before, they were reconciled that same day. Pilate then summoned the chief priests and the leading men and the people. He said, You brought this man before me as a political agitator. Now I have gone into the matter myself in your presence and found no case against this man in respect of all the charges you bring against him. Nor has Herod either, since he has sent him back to us. As you can see, the man has done nothing that deserves death. So I shall have him flogged and then let him go. But as one man they howled. Away with him, give us Barabbas. This man had been thrown into prison for causing a riot in the city and for murder. Pilate was anxious to set Jesus free and addressed them again. But they shouted back, Crucify him, crucify him. And for the third time he spoke to them, Why, what harm has this man done? I have found no case against him that deserves death, so I shall have him punished and let him go. But they kept on shouting at the top of their voices, demanding that he should be crucified, and their shouts were growing louder. 
Pilate then gave this verdict. Their demand was to be granted. He released the man they asked for, who had been imprisoned for rioting and murder, and handed Jesus over to them to deal with as they pleased. As they were leading him away, they seized on a man, Simon from Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and made him shoulder the cross and carry it behind Jesus. Large numbers of people followed him, and of women too, who mourned and lamented for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughter of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep rather for yourselves and for your children. For the days will surely come when people will say, Happy are those who are barren, the wombs that have never borne, the breasts that have never suckled. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, to the hills, cover us. For if men use the green wood like this, what will happen when it is dry? Now with him, they were also leading out two other criminals to be executed. When they reached the place called the Skull, they crucified him there and the criminals also, one on the right and the other on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. And then they cast lots to share out his clothing. The people stayed there watching him. As for the leaders, they jeered at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him, too. And when they approached to offer him vinegar, they said, If you are the King of Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription, This is the King of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging there abused him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us as well. But the other spoke up and rebuked him. Have you no fear of God at all? You have got the same sentence as he did, but in our case we deserve it. We are paying for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Indeed, I promise you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now the sixth hour, and the sun eclipsed. A darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. The veil of the temple was torn down the middle, and when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. With these words, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he gave praise to God and said, This was a great and good man. And when all the people who had gathered for the spectacle saw what had happened, 
They went home, beating their breasts. All his friends stood at a distance. So also did the women who had accompanied him from Galilee. And they saw all this happen. Then a member of the council arrived, an upright and virtuous man named Joseph. He had not consented to what the others had planned and carried out. He came from Arimathea, a Jewish town, and he lived in hope of seeing the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. He then took it down, wrapped it in a shroud, and put him in a tomb which was hewn in stone, in which no one had yet been laid. It was the preparation day for the Sabbath. It was preparation day for the Sabbath. It was preparation day and the Sabbath was imminent. Meanwhile, the women who had come from Galilee with Jesus were following behind. They took note of the tomb and of the position of the body. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. And on the Sabbath day they rested as the law required. The people who had gathered saw what happened and they were at home beating their breasts. Yes, brothers and sisters, after having seen what happened and heard it, there is not much to say, not much to do. We can indeed beating our beat our breasts it's true because you know what this this event we just heard about the passion and the death of our lord is not just a story it's not just something that happened 2000 years ago we hear it it's moving it's our story and it's we who are partly responsible for his passion and his death because of our sins he died for our sins it's me it's you who crucified jesus because of our sins and this is something we don't have to forget but this is not made to make to make us feel bad and to make us feel guilty and to make us cry not at all because i promise i can really promise you that Jesus is very happy, very, very happy that we heard this today. Because this is what he did for us. And of course it was painful. Of course it was the biggest suffering that ever existed. But he did it out of his overflowing love for us. And if it would have been necessary to do it again and again and again, he would have done it. Because his love has no limit and his love cannot be imagined and this is the reason why it's the reason why he does everything basically it's the reason why he created us that he gave us this world it's the reason why he gives us his word he sends us his prophets he gives his law and then he gives himself to us because he has to understand he has to make us understand how precious and and how important we are for him how he loves us and then he comes on earth and he dies for us in order to say these words i love you to say these words not only in words but with his blood and this is something you see when you when you hear when you see a god 
going through this passion and dying on the cross for you, I think you will be convinced and I will be convinced that I'm loved, I'm really loved and that I'm precious and important and there is no, there is no point in feeling alone, in being afraid, in being self-centered, in thinking that nobody cares for me, in being in self-pity and so on. Because we live in this beautiful, beautiful relation to God. This is the only true and deep and valuable relation. So today, brothers and sisters, is first of all a day, a day of, of, of praise. He gave us enough proofs of his love, you know, enough. And even if this cross is not, was not enough for us, he comes on this altar and he becomes bread for us. One more proof. And he gave you baptism, he gave you grace, he, gave, he gives you daily proofs of his power and his presence. So let's not forget this. And when we will take this, these crosses, these palm branches in form of a cross, take them home, don't forget this declaration of love made with his blood. Don't forget how valuable and precious and important you are for him. Praise him for this. Thank him for this. And accept you on your turn also to give yourself to him and to others. Amen.